Hey everybody and welcome to Positively Midwest. We are on episode 28. I'm Steve Jerns and sitting across from me, as usual, is my lovely wife, Catherine. Hello, my people. I think I said wife. Anyways, so <laughs> um, I'm feeling funky on this episode. I just got done crying probably a gallon of tears because I got stuck on a uh, TikTok rabbit hole and I was watching all these videos of um, kids going and seeing their grandpa in the hospital and hugging them and... Uh, um, kid, kids coming home from the military and seeing their parents and surprising them and kids with, uh, this one kid, um, received a bone marrow transplant plant and survived and, uh, got to meet the donor and they both were bawling their eyes out and I proceeded to, so. I'm glad I'm not the only one that does that. Yeah. I think it's a really good way to handle one's emotions. It's like it kind of helps you tap into your inner feelings and it helps you to get out a good cry sometimes. It just makes you feel good. Yeah, well, it it's still weird for me because it brings back a, a lot of different feelings with um, parents and stuff like that and not always having that kind of relationship with mine. So um, it probably makes me sadder than it would normal people, in air quotes. So anyways... So, what in the heck do you want to talk about over there? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a Cat and Steve episode. So, a lot of our, you know, every other week, Stephen interviews somebody. And then the other week, you get to hear the two of us talk. And a lot of time when we talk, we talk about marriage. I mean, we have other topics, but that is like probably one of our big topics, right? Except we did do our first duet interview with Megan White uh-huh. just recently. Yes. Who has recently skyrocketed to one of our largest listened to episodes ever. So we thank her for her support and all of her fans and followers' supports as well. Thank you for checking out Positively Midwest. And if you're listening to this one, you hung on. And Woo-hoo! we appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, that was a really fun interview last week. It was really good. It was quite quite interesting for us as well because we went to bed and we had our own little chat afterwards because it made us think about stuff. And uh, um, yeah. Because it opened the lines of the communication and some dialogue and everything. So that's all absolutely amazing in marriage. So I started like thinking of ideas of what we could be discussing for podcasts. And, you know, one of my Facebook time hop memories the other day was when I had done one of those little questionnaires with the girls when they were little, where it says like, how well do you think your kids know you? Like, what do they do after you go to bed? Or what are you know, like all those things. So I always, always thought those were super cute and fun. So I decided to ask some questions about marriage. Now, keep in mind, our daughters are 12 and a half and just about 11. You know, those half marks and kid lives make big deals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's my fun questions that I asked our daughters. The first one was, well, how do you decide who to marry? Gianna says, Gianna is our just about 11 year old and Erilyn is our 12 and a half year old. So Gianna says, well, number one. They propose. Two, you love them. And then three, you have been dating. Because that would be weird to just like marry somebody you actually hadn't been dating. So um, I found it really ironic that she put them in like that order. Like I would have reversed them, but that's how her mind did it. Um, Erilyn just says, well, when you find someone that you truly love and they're loyal I mean, right there. I think our kids are so beyond, like, wise past their years. Oh, I just love that. Finding someone you love, truly love, and that they're loyal to you. 
Okay, the second question was, well, what do you think is the right age to get married? Well, they both answered like 2021 20, because that's what we were. They don't know any different. Um, how can a stranger tell if two people are married? Gianna says, uh, look at the big ring on their finger. And Erilyn just said it's the obvious wedding ring choice. Um, what do you think mom and dad have in common? Gianna says, you both dance weird. Well, to be fair, I don't think she's actually seen me in what I would call my prime. <laughs> and so um, she sees dad bod dad out there dancing, maybe even a little extra LBs in the dad bod department, out there trying to shake a tail feather. And uh, although I have extremely muscular and amazing legs, oh yeah, yeah, the rest of it has trouble keeping up. <laughs> so I might be flopping around out there like some sort of manatee, but... Um, they always smirk just a little bit in the side of their mouth. So I like to think that they enjoy it anyways. And everything, just like they say that when you say you're just kidding, like 50, 60, some percent of it, you actually mean or whatever the fake statistic is I throw out there. So it's the same with kids. I think they just say that stuff, even though they actually appreciate it. So what about my dancing makes it weird? All I'm I'm only speaking strictly about myself <laughs> that I don't think that they saw me in my prime. That's not to imply that you do dance weird. It's we probably both dance differently. Luckily, they didn't see us dancing in high school. Oh, yeah. Okay, next thing. Oh, Erilyn, I forgot. I was gonna say next question. Oh, so Erilyn. She says, Well, you swear a lot. And then she laughed profusely. You do? Uh, you do? Um, you both can barely bake. You can cook, but you can't bake, but you both do your hair nice. So we got a compliment from her. You, you both. You both. <laughs> I'm not sure where your accent's coming from. You, you both dance weird. You both <laughs> do your hair nice. I'm just abbreviating the words together, creating my own, um, what is it? Contractions? Is that what they're called, right? You both have a seat over there and I'll get you a beverage in a minute. You want a water with that? You both. I'll be right back. Yep. You both. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, sure. Okay. So what do people do on a date night? And Gianna says, well, if I went on a date, I just want to go to McDonald's. And Erilyn says, well, you just watch a movie. So, you know, they're pretty low key. high ma- Not high maintenance girls for date night. I was talking to some ladies today at... Um, downtown and uh we somehow got on the subject of date nights and and i said you know it's not so much what you do it's how you end it mm-hmm. so um is this are you going r-rated no 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 uh oh, what did the ticket call it um pillow talk no <laughs> it was like oh they used to have an alert for it or whatever but anyways um no, because you could end it in an argument. You could end it um, re- being grateful, recapping what you did in the evening or asking each other how how you felt about everything or what you could do differently. And, you know, I mean, if you want to... Uh, Ooh, see? Whatever, whatever you're thinking, I don't know. I'm just That just kind of made me think of that for a moment. So, anyways... <laughs> kind of glad i kept this on here it seems to just keep popping up 
Anyway, it so started soulful. in her. Oh, so soulful. Not yeah. not my soulful. That is soulful. Yeah. Got it. Um, <clears throat> but really what it is about date night, it's not about what you do. It's about having that quality time together. It's not about, it doesn't need to be fancy. It literally can just be, you know. We talked about that, going to department stores and, and these two gals agreed. And um, um, sometimes it's just about walking through a, oh, a lumber type store and um, dreaming about things that you want to build or remodel or get done and things like that. So It's like creating a vision board together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With just your eyes. Yeah. Okay. Then I said, well, what do you do if a first date with somebody goes bad? And Jonathan says, well, I wouldn't talk to the guy anymore. I would first tell him that that date was really bad and I never want another one. Sorry. Bye. And Erilyn just says, I wouldn't date for two years. So apparently. She, she might be a little tough. I don't know. <laughs> she might be. She seems relatively determined and like she knows what's up and what she wants out of life most of the time and i think when she makes mistakes she's very hard on herself and uh i know what that feels like too when you're just just tough just tough on yourself and it might it might be you know that that kind of stuff is what made me a stronger individual as well and and able to handle a lot of different situations and and rise above too so i'm glad to see that she has that but it's tough to see her um, sometimes beat herself up or even cry just because she made a mistake baking something even. But so maybe she won't date for two years. Yeah. I mean, and Which I'm down she, with. she's still kind of at the point where she thinks boys are or she pretends that boys are you. So maybe that's part of it. OK, so the next question is, is it better to be married or single? Gianna kind of went back and forth and she said, well, you know, if you're married, you get to share your life with someone else and you don't have to be lonely. She goes, but being single, you can do whatever you want. Sounds like her, huh? <laughs> yeah, it does. And Erilyn just said, well, I guess it depends on how old you are. So for thinking 21 is a good age to get married, maybe she doesn't really agree with that. Okay, so now the next deep question for them was, well, how would you make a marriage work? And so Gianna says, compromise. You have to know that you don't always get your way. You have to have the other person have their way sometimes. And Erilyn said to listen to each other and not argue. And we've had the conversation where arguing can be good, actually, because at least then you have a line of communication open, if that's how it's coming out. But I really thought that wasn't amazing that they knew that you have to compromise and listen to one another. So then what is marriage? Gianna says it's showing commitment to another person that you love very much. And Erilyn says it's two people that love each other enough to want to spend their lives together. They're so deep, man. Yeah, they are. Um, and uh, so I don't know if that comes hereditary or if that's just from observations, but um, I've been told before, too, that I'm kind of an old soul, and I'd like to think maybe that's where, um, I don't know, maybe that's where some of that stuff comes from. I don't know. It's hard to say. Maybe I don't know. we're setting an actual, like, good example. What's this? Um, It's called Island Reggae Music, Upbeat Tropics. Oh. And I came across it when I was recording an ad earlier today, and I was like, ooh, 
We just have this floating in the background while we're chatting. I like it. Okay. And then the next basic question was, well, how did mom and dad meet? They both just said at school, which is right. I mean, we somehow met our freshman year. Um, and then it said, well, what is it like to be in love? Gianna says, I don't know. Never been in love with somebody. And Erlen says, except your papa. Oh, yeah. I mean, and she's had the girl crush already or the boy crush, whatever you call it. And then Erlen says, well, I don't know. I can't answer that. So that was pretty basic for them. Last but not least, what do you think of mom and dad's relationship? I had no idea what to expect out of this one. I really didn't. And Gianna says, well, I like it. Because if you didn't have a good relationship, I wouldn't be here answering your weird questions. Again, with the weird. And Erlen just flat out said, you kiss too much. And there I said the yeah. But you kiss too much is what her observation of our marriage is. Yeah, both. Yeah, both. But I mean, we keep telling them that PDA is good and that it's okay to show affection and love and for them to see us affectionate and loving towards one another. Yeah, I mean, to be the, to be the extreme, you always hear a lot of times how people that grew up a little differently, you know, they they aren't as affectionate, and they say, "Oh yeah, my parents never said love you to each other," or they weren't huggy kissy, holding hands, whatever. And there's no judgy pants there because, as always, on positively Midwest, you leave your judgy pants in the dryer. But aside from that. Um, I don't know. Everybody's just a little different. So I'm, it's not like I do it on purpose to teach them anything, but I'm happy and I'm hopeful that that's what they get out of it. So I like to think that, um, yeah, plus I just like to, I don't know. I'm touching her all the time. I'm always grabbing her hand and appropriately in front of them. Yeah. And hugging and all sorts of stuff. Yep. And when they aren't around, I might pinch her booty. I just might do it. So, marital, marital bliss. Marriage also is very difficult. I have 8% battery. Let's see if we can make this work on my phone. Um, but it's I found an article through verywellmind.com. And this is how to have difficult marriage conversations. This week in our group, I feel like we were approached with a question for one of the first times. Other than maybe in in person here and there, which why by the way Saturday, um, this last Saturday we went to an outdoor concert. Um, the guys did a great job putting it together. You know who you are, people who played. Maybe you know you listen and you know who you are. But um, so great job to all those people. But um, I love live music and I'm just aching for it, aching for it. So pretty stoked for the next month or so. Some stuffs happening. But anyway, so <clears throat> squirrel. Yeah, what was I talking about? So we had people come up to us and uh, give us some affirmations, if you will. Tell us they're not really reacting, liking, commenting, sharing on the group and stuff like that. And I know it's not for everybody. And some people just like to sit down and look through stuff, and they don't always react. But they came up in person and told us how um, how they appreciate what we're doing on social media and to keep it up and um, uh, keep doing what you're doing and keep it up. I love it. I think we heard that phrase like at least three, four, five times. And then one of us, um, Nathan, I'll at you. (laughs) Um, I hesitated because I didn't know for sure, but hopefully now you just smiled. But uh, you, uh, you're one of the dudes that made my evening because you came up and you're like, man, I'm listening to your podcast and I love it. And I, I hope I didn't make a goofy face, but if anything, it's awkward because 
I'm not like used to that, you know, uh, even though my love language is words of affirmation, it's still awkward because it's not like I'm just getting compliments all day long. So whenever I get a natural one like that, it's kind of goofy, but, uh, um, then you pulled out the phone and you're like, look, you're right here in my rotation. See, I'm listening to it. I loved it. It was super amazing. So thank you for that. Little jam sesh for you. Okay, so on verywellmind.com, how to have difficult marriage conversations. I kind of like this. Why don't you guys holler at us if you like this background music stuff because um, there's all sorts of non-copyrighted music out there on YouTube that you can just jam out to, and I like to use it for background. So anyways, throughout your marriage, there will be times when you need to have must-have conversations. These are conversations that you both may not want to talk about. These are conversations about difficult issues and situations. These are conversations that may make you both angry, defensive, sad, and hurt. Pretending that there is nothing wrong will keep both of you walking on eggshells and will ultimately cause your marriage to fail. Having a difficult talk shows you care enough about your spouse in your marriage to have the conversation. Here are tips and strategies when you have to have that difficult the talk. So <clears throat> I think you and I will both agree that at times um, we've just given each other the silent treatment or we've just not um, addressed a situation um, out of difficulty for how to put the other how to put the other person. Um, but I've become increasingly more aggressive on stripping your thoughts out of your mind and making you verbalize them and vice versa for me as well. So don't put off having a difficult conversation. Look at your expectations. If you expect the conversation to go badly, it will. If you assume that having a big talk will make the situation worse, it probably will. You need to define your expectations of the conversation and to think in positive terms. Because if it's important enough to say, think positive that it could make a difference. Exactly. Yeah. Know why you want to have the talk. Do you want to talk with your spouse about a difficult issue to gain a better understanding of your spouse's perspective on the issue? Do you want to clear up a misunderstanding? Do you need to confront your spouse about a suspected lie or hurtful behavior? Are you concerned about your level of intimacy with one another or want to be closer to your spouse? That one I think is really important because uh, I personally think that you should always be trying to gain a better understanding of your spouse's perspective on any issue. The better you understand each other, the better you understand yourself, the better your partnership is going to be. Um, Clearing up misunderstandings, duh. I mean, if there's a misunderstanding, that's only going to fester. Do you need to confront your spouse about a suspected lie or hurtful behavior? I guess if you're feeling a certain way, yeah, you should bring it up to him or, you know, hey, were you flirting with that dude or whatever? Oh, okay, no, I, I guess I was confused. Sorry. Whatever the case may be. And if you're concerned about the level of intimacy with one another and want to be closer to your spouse, sure, that's important. You need to communicate what you, what you expectations you may have in, in the boudoir. Yeah. So... Except that it will probably be a stressful conversation. Although you don't want either of you to be stressed, hurt, or angered by the conversation, it is important to realize that you both may be defensive and emotional as you talk. You have to remember that you can't assume that your significant other 
is going to know what you're thinking or what you want. Just because somebody has known you for a while doesn't mean that they actually know what you're thinking. So if there's something that you would like done different, or if there's something that makes you feel uncomfortable, or if there's a, a conversation, you know, you have to have those because don't just assume they are going to know or pick up on it. Be brave enough to have that and comfortable enough because you should be, this is the person you're spending your life with. This is the person you should be 100% the most comfortable with in any scenario. So you need to be able to be confident and comfortable with them to have those lines of communication open. We are at 5%. Don't say, can we talk or we have to talk. Start your conversation with a statement that acknowledges that the topic is difficult, sensitive, confrontational, or touchy. Clarify that you know that you have different perspectives and that you want to work together to have a better understanding of those perspectives. Yeah, I mean, that's just like in sales and lots of other things. You got to set the tone, you know, before it. So if you're like, you've been holding on to it for weeks and you're like, we've got to talk. It's important. Of course, your spouse already is going to be aggressively defensive and like oh shit what am i in for now yep they're gonna put the wall up think about how you'll begin the conversation a few intros you might consider are i've been thinking about what do you think about i'd like to talk about i want to have a better understanding of your point of view about don't beat around the bush keep it simple stay on topic uh, when and where to have a difficult conversation. Don't manipulate your spouse. Don't invite your spouse out to the movies when you really plan on having the talk at a restaurant. Be honest, not manipulative. Time, time the talk well. Pick the right time for the conversation. Don't ask your spouse to agree to a time to have the talk without having calmed yourself down first. Don't have a difficult conversation before or after sex. Don't expect to have the talk immediately. It is important that you give your spouse some time to think about the topic you want to talk about, but this shouldn't be postponed for a long time. Mention you would like to have the discussion within 48 hours. And don't trap your spouse. If you have the conversation in the car or on a plane, etc., you are trapping your spouse. So agree on where to have the talk. Unless your spouse agrees to have the talk in a public location, such as a restaurant, take your kids to a babysitter and have the talk at home. Okay, I agree. I think that some of those conversations really are not suited for public places. I don't know. I just think that's really awkward or uncomfortable, especially if you're like seated close enough to other people to hear you or I don't know. I think that's weird. Yeah, I've never broke up with anyone before, but what in the movies and TVs, they always... Hold up. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> Not like a long-term ass relationship. High school doesn't count. He broke up with me <laughs> in high school. Who? Me? Well, it didn't count. <laughs> and so... um, But like in movies and TV, you always see them take them to a restaurant and they break up with them public, so they hope they don't have a, a public scene, but... Grow up. That's not the way. But, you know. And I this is a spouse is what this is about. So yeah. you're married and you have responsibilities to each other. And you have responsibilities to um, your children, especially. So. I don't know why you can't have a conversation in the car, though. I don't get that. Because, you know, they kind of talk about if you have to have awkward conversations with your kids. Like I first heard about when you want to have the sex talk with your kids. You could do it while driving somewhere. Because then they don't have to, like, make eye contact with you. 
Yeah, but like if your spouse is going out, if you both jump in the vehicle and you're going on a date night and then out of nowhere, the other spouse springs up yeah. some issue they've been thinking about, it's going to make the other person apprehensive or immediately raise the wall, like you said, because they're thinking, oh, we're just going to go out and do whatever, um, go out on a date night. It could ruin the evening. And then it's like, you know, whatever. So maybe you should have just said, we need to go. And like it says, um, we need to go and talk about something or there's something that's been on our mind I'd like to talk about are those other phrases they said there. And then then your spouse is going to know, oh, um, we're going to go have a chat about some serious stuff. So um, strategies, show respect for your spouse. Don't speak down to your spouse. Don't assume your spouse knows what you want to talk about and do not Flippin' interrupt when your spouse is speaking. I cannot tell you or anyone else in the world this more in my life. Y'all, you both, (laughs) y'all, you both, learn some flippin' conversation etiquette. I am in so many situations (laughs) in my life. Is this like the fourth time I've brought it up in a podcast? I don't know. But there is nothing that I cannot stand more than when I have a well thought out phrase or something and then you just look at the person and they're sitting there like they're fiending for their next drug and they're like, yeah, but and they just blurt out what they want to blurt out what they want to say. So they're listening to reply. They're not listening to understand. And it's like, you know what? Just chill. Why doesn't everybody just take five seconds and take a deep breath? Let's all do it. Ready? Go. Ooh. Vibing. Reggae is my happy my happy place. We're vibing in this one. It's a pretty cool YouTube channel. Let's check it. Uh, Soul Candle. Yeah, yeah. 182,000 subscribers. Thanks, y'all. So anyways, have some conversation etiquette for goodness sakes and zip your lips sometimes and listen to people. No matter if you're at work or you're at home or kids or whatever, just zip it. This is something I am working on. Well, just it happens a lot. A lot of people do and I don't know why. I'm just being honest is because I don't want people to be like, oh, so they say that they're always like that. Well, no, I sometimes really suck at that. So it's one of my things that I'm not the best at. But I have addressed and I am working towards being better. Be aware of nonverbal communication. This, I feel, is very important. Maintain eye contact. Acknowledge what you hear with the understanding that acknowledgement is not necessarily in agreement. Be prepared. Back up your concerns, thoughts, and ideas with research and facts. Keep your conversation on the topic you agree to discuss. Don't talk on and on. Reach an agreement you both can live with. Then set a time to follow up to see how you are both dealing with the issue. Know when to get help. Know when to get help. Know when to get help. If the issue or situation continues to create problems in your marriage, the two of you may have the need for a counselor or mediator. That's the end of my article. And what I have to say is 
there's we've talked about it a bajillion times. There's absolutely positively Midwest nothing wrong with therapy, and I don't care if you want to go to to your pastor, or your priest, or your church leader, or if you want to um, go to a counselor or a therapist. And a lot of times, insurance might even help you out with that stuff. But you know, don't be afraid of the stigma that might be out there. It doesn't mean you're broken. You know, like we've said, you go through constant training with your job. You have to learn new stuff with your job, teachers, salespeople, everyone, truck drivers. I mean, somebody I work with, their dads had been a truck driver forever and just got a tablet. And uh, he's got to learn how to use it, just the way it is. So it's no different than your mental health. You, I went in today and had some conversations about um, a friend. And some things that we're going through. And uh, it was just, it was some validation. It was always, it was also some advice. And uh, um, sometimes they set you straight. Yeah. I mean, because um, you're not always right. That's that whole compromise thing in a, a relationship. Most certainly. I mean, generally I'm right. But, <laughs> but no, it's very Im- imperative to... Because you learn a lot about yourself too, and and then there's times where I can just break my thoughts down, and and then she just sits there across from me and listens to what I have to say, and then has years of experience. I mean, even if it's someone who's you know pretty close to out of school, they've already learned so much about the brain that you have no idea. And we've learned so much about mental health. Uh, I've talked about another podcast with PTSD. Uh, PTSD and other um, different situations like that where, you know, now um, you, we've learned so much about it that there's things, what's that show I was watching? The Alienist? Yeah. So stumbled across that and it's set way back in like the late 1800s in New York and um, basically if you were someone that was mentally challenged to some degree... Or even like, you know, like this one guy was kind of a, a pedophile and would mur- sociopath. Yeah, would murder um, certain kids. But the point was that uh, he was, they're one of the first people that, oh yeah, so when you're mentally ill, you were like alien of your mind, something like that. They explained it. So a person who studied it, um, for example, a therapist was called an alienist. So... Um, it's kind of unique how his terms form and change. Yeah, and so this this guy is constantly fighting people that don't understand out in the rest of the world that, you know, that's just how their mindset is. Not that it's okay, because now we're being a little dramatic. But uh, my point is, is that now, you know, maybe you can even prevent some of that stuff because... You know, we're learning more about how autism works or how children lash out or ADD or ADHD or, you know, maybe how to cope with that without drugs, you know. And, you know, I think a lot of the times, and I can't remember which guest I had, I'm sorry, and I still love you, but that was just throw Ritalin at it or, you know, whatever for ADHD and stuff. And, um, you know, that I'm sure that's, that's needed for people. Everything, I'm not a doctor, so... But maybe there's ways to, 
you know, to deal with that naturally or, or avert it a little earlier. Or I don't know. You I know? think that a lot of it is, is like once they start to learn more and can um, see what mental health issues somebody may have, that then they can help to teach them the ways of handling their thoughts or their mannerisms sometimes. I mean, I know some of it is hard to really, it's like really ingrained sometimes, but I think sometimes you can to help them if you understand it at a younger age. Isn't that how that works? Well, yeah, I think in in short, that's basically what I'm saying is, you know, the, the earlier we learn about stuff and the, you know, the sooner that maybe something's relatively diagnosed or 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 uh, whatever you can um you can approach it differently and and start start on a plan or something if you will so um so yeah i think that's also what therapy is about you know you've created all these mental habits in your life for all these years and uh sometimes you got to go back through the crap in order for it to go go away you know and sometimes that stuff doesn't always go away i'll I'll be the first to tell you that, but I sure as hell have a lot better exercises to use mentally to um, work through it. You know, if I have a, um, oh, I don't know what you would call it, like an episode or a trigger or something like that, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, if your significant other, your spouse doesn't necessarily want to go to therapy because um, technically I don't know if insurance covers like marriage counseling as a therapy where it would cover it if it's just you going as a individual i mean you have to check with your insurance companies anyways which which is why it's important that you should look into it and this is important to say that um a lot of insurances do help with that now because they realize that mental health you know that's keeping people from you know making the ultimate bad decision and hurting themselves and lots of different things so so they realize that your mental health, I mean, life's stressful right now with work, just in general, not just right now because of the COVID crap. But. No, but I mean, your 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 health begins with your mind. Like, right? I don't know, because your brain is what keeps you going. Anyways, Come on. And so um, what I'm trying to say is even if your significant other does not want to do therapy, you can do therapy alone. Start working on your mental health because if you're in a situation and your spouse doesn't want to have those hard conversations and if your spouse doesn't want to keep that dialogue going or they don't want to go to the therapist it's okay for you to still go alone because your mental health matters and you are in a partnership so what you think and how you feel matters it matters to the relationship so you shouldn't you know, just sit silent and just let it be. Let you matter. You so freaking matter. And so really just um, sometimes you have to put number one first. You know, yourself is the number one is kind of my saying. And so at that time is when I would just like, you know, and like Steven started therapy on his own, wanting to work through some things. And then I have gone to a session with him like after he had started, you know, so he was working through it first and then invited me to come along. And so that's like the way you can do it, because like we always say, you can't necessarily change your significant other, but you can work on you and then it'll help you become stronger to be able to have those hard talks and it can help to inspire them to want to meet you in the middle. 
Yeah. Yeah, mine. You're just jamming over there. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just thinking about it all. And yeah, that's very accurate. And I just don't want people to be afraid of something like that. And, you know, people don't even look into it. And, you know, there's a lot of therapists that are in many malls and have rear parking and stuff like that because they understand, you know, you're never going to see someone necessarily, you know, on on like a retail, great retail location where everyone's going to see you parked there. Uh, most of them that I can think of around our area anyways, all have that kind of private parking, you know? So, and then after I went for a while and I could start to see that change, I was like, man, I'm going to tell the world. So here we are telling everybody, but anyways, yes, that's very important that, uh, not only do you stand up for yourself and you have these conversations when you feel that they're necessary, but if you're one of those spouses that shuts down and you don't communicate and you don't. Uh, you know, you just shut down, you know, you're, you're not just hurting your spouse, but you're hurting yourself too, because you do have to live through whatever is paining you and you have to try to find a way to put it behind you. And I'm not going to say that it's going to go away. That's why I said I have different exercises sometimes mentally to help with, you know, being triggered or whatever. And so, but I don't care if you're, if you're 15 years old, if you're 10 years old, if you're 20, if you're 40 or 60, you know, you, you, at any given time, you can turn around and change anything that you have currently going on in your life. And there are people that are, that want to help you. And you'd be surprised what one session a month, uh, one every couple weeks could really help you with. And if it's a hundred bucks or it's 200 bucks, don't act like you're not going and getting a case of beer here and there you're going out to eat for 50 bucks nowadays for just two people to eat sometimes um i'm sure we could sit here all day long and we could break down so many different things that don't really contribute to the positivity and the enlightenment of your life cable for instance do you have cable i mean if you're not watching um, motivational and yoga and stuff like that, shut that shit off and go to a therapist because sitting there watching TV all day long ain't, ain't doing anything for you. And a lot of times it's just an excuse to not speak to your spouse or get something done around the house or whatever. So being active, but yeah, marriage is hard. It doesn't matter if you've been married one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. Marriage is hard and it takes constant work constant evolving and that communication is so imperative to your relationship so have confidence in yourself have confidence in your significant other have faith in one of another just like what did our girls say they you have to be with somebody that's loyal you have to compromise you have to listen you have to um, I mean, these are, this is like a 10 and a 12 year old and they're, they're so spot on. All of that is so key in having these conversations and keeping the line of communication open in your marriage. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And you, um, you know, you just have to, you just got to be open-minded too. I mean, really is is the thing that we talk about a lot on this we're not professionals but um you know we've just gone through things that we know what comes out 
and it doesn't ever get easier, you know, either. Like you might think, oh, they've been together for 20 years and they've gone through crap and they talk about it. And so they've got it going on. But, um, I mean, I still was bugging her when she was working late today. Just like, what are you doing? What's going on? And it's just a natural reaction. And it, when I say it doesn't always get easier either, it's like maybe now we've just been together so long that there's certain things that a newly wed couple or, or five-year couple might argue about that we don't because we don't even witness it anymore. We're just, we've changed our, our habits so much that, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not going to throw this on the floor because I know that's going to make her angry. And so I might as well just waddle it downstairs and, and put it away or whatever, you know, something like that. So that might be something in year five that you're super mad about and, and you're going to fly off the handle for. And now you naturally just avert that. Um, you but know, if, but if they wouldn't have told you that they didn't like it, they wouldn't have known that you had to waddle downstairs, go do it yourself. That's accurate. Okay. So, um, uh, what else is really important is that, you know, you can't just wait all the time too to, to speak your mind about something. And so you have to, you have to think it through and you have to approach your spouse in a manner that you feel won't upset them. But if you're going to hurt their feelings, that's, that's just going to happen and they have to help understand where you're coming from. It's only because you love each other and you actually care about each other. And so I want to know what's wrong with you or I want to know what's wrong with us or um, this is something that's just been bothering me. So I need to talk to you about it. And, you know, you, you just need to appreciate where I'm coming from. That, my friends, is a partnership. We've talked about in earlier episodes where, to me, a marriage was having a hot chick on my arm and having her cook and clean and do stuff. And I could go out and party and do whatever I wanted to and hang out with her when it was convenient. And that is most certainly what not what a marriage is for, dumb old Steve. <laughs> so if you're in that situation or you find yourself not making your your partner in life the person that's given you children possibly um the time of day or you wouldn't rather hang out with them majority of the time than your cuckoo cuckoo kachu um so anyways yeah those are some revelations we've recently come to um and uh, appreciate y'all for, for listening and hollering at us the other night and uh, being active on the group, even if you're not physically active on there. That's pretty darn cool. So, I don't know. That's all I got to say, I think. Yeah. Put a little bow on that, Ma. I really am digging the music. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Anything else? I don't think so. Can we close this? Yeah. All right. Well, let's tune this down and we're going to close it up. So thank you everyone for listening and we appreciate you. And uh, we'll probably have a guest coming up here. Let's see if we can reach out to Summer and maybe we'll do another dual interview because it'll be interesting. She's 20 and uh, comes from a pretty good family um, and they're also uh, religious, but they're I guess in my mind, they're boisterous about it because not everyone, you know, goes around kind of talking about it so much in the open. Uh, They're proud. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but I found it unique because I kind of want to pick her brain about what it's like to be such a strong Christian in the modern world at that age. Mm-hmm. Because there's peer pressures of drugs and sex and alcohol. And uh, um, she's so, an amazing kid. Yeah. And I think she's genuinely a happy person and cares a lot about her family and everything. And um, just even her brother called. Um, one time when I was there visiting and uh, she's like, yep, come here, blah, blah. Here's what we're doing. Okay, love you. Bye. And to me, that was just, it was not weird, but it was different. You know, it's not like, you know, I'm, that's just not how I was with my siblings. So, and I know that there's a lot out there. And that was some of those videos I watched on TikTok today that made me pout up a little because um, it just seems, seems so natural for some people. You know, they're just, oh, yeah, that's my sibling. I love them, and I hug them and talk to them all the time on the phone. So, anyways. Can I pose a random question? I mean, this is totally random, like way out there random. So, this is one that I need you guys to be interactive with and reply to me on Facebook, please. Since you're talking about, he's looking at me like, what the hell? Okay, since you're talking about siblings hugging and stuff, who watches Friends? And does anybody else think that Ross and Monica, like they have a super tight, like close, almost weird relationship of how close those brother and sister are supposed to be with how much they hug and kiss and stuff. Am I right? Am I wrong? Or is that normal? And I just didn't have that with my siblings. (laughs) No, it's it to me. It seems like it's awkward. He's like a few years older than the rest of them are, I think, in the show. But either way, um, yeah, they're like sometimes cuddling on the couch, or like her head will be on his lap, or you know. And then before chant, well, I don't want to spoil anything. Before two of them are dating, um, they're like holding each other in a chair, just sitting there. And they didn't watch much TV back then, so they were just like sitting in this living room together with the other two friends, and they're like cuddling. Yeah, but that's not the. Are you talking about Ross and... Stop it. I said no spoilers. Okay. I'm, All ta- of the- I'm just talking no, about no, the... No, 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 I'm just talking about the brother and sister. Psh. I'm not talking about the others. Psh. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I addressed it and validated it. And then I also said there's other weird instances that I wouldn't do that with a friend either. Yeah, yeah. I'm not just going to go with one of... With, if I had friends and a couple of them are girls, go and cuddle with one on a couch. And like his arm was around her and she was cuddled into him that any 99.9% of the people would think that they're dating. I just think that's, that's a weird ass friend zone to me. I don't know. I don't know. They make a lot of weird remarks too that are innuendos, but I just, I don't know. So let me know. What do you think? Is it that Steven and I just didn't have those relationships with our siblings that we weren't that close with our siblings as Ross and Monica are. I mean, is that is that normal? Is that how you were brought up or not? Let us know. And now I think it's the time to wrap this up. So Okay, well, you good? Yeah, cut me off. Okay, here we go. Thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for listening to the Positively Midwest podcast. Our hope is to inspire, engage our thoughts, and leave you with some advice that could help. Be sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Positively Midwest 
podcast. Make sure you like, comment, share, and screenshot our podcast with all your cool friends. We are on most all major platforms, and you can stream us at PositivelyMidwest.com. Thank you, and as always, stay positive, and we love you.